Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Hey, everybody. Welcome. Sorry, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. (laughs) I didn't mean to step on you. I was going to say, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to Mock Draft Monday. Sorry, we're a little bit late tonight. We had to do some rescheduling. I just got back from New Mexico late last night, and I was running a little bit late. But we have not forgotten that it is Mock Draft Mondays, and we're going to do our best. Tyler, it's all yours. Well, Dave, I appreciate you trying to take the heat off of me, but it is actually my fault. I'm going to take the burden on this. I just got transferred stores last week. I am now working in Chanhassen instead of Andover, so, and I was unfortunately scheduled to close tonight, which is why, thankfully, you two were willing to stay up a little later and make this work. And guys, we're going to do some uh, fun things tonight with the Minnesota Vikings. We are going to do another four-round mock draft and try and get a little more of a sense of what's going to be out there for what the Minnesota Vikings are going to be looking at at their seven picks in the top four rounds. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing great. Just open up a Mexican honey light. You know, something a little lighter than I usually drink, but it's pretty good. And uh, yeah, a little late tonight, but you know, we're going to have some fun and, and hopefully draft a good team for the Vikings here. Absolutely. And I just got to say, Viking Jerome, my man, can always count on you to be joining us here. And we appreciate you very much. Dave, let's get the simulator rocking and rolling. I want to get the Vikings some talent. And I want to. I want to be able to argue with Jason about it tomorrow. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. <laughs> it'll it'll be one sided, just as it always is. All right, let's get ready. To start. Let's rock Boom. and roll. Hey, go figure. Trevor Lawrence off number one. Nobody would have guessed that. Hey, and we got our first trade offers. At so this one is interesting because it's two-fourths and a seventh to move up uh, to 14, and we move back to 25. I don't think it's necessarily unfair, but considering what the Vikings need and kind of how they really need a second-round pick, I don't think that that is a really good idea. Drew, what's up, my man? Glad to have you joining us tonight. I can't wait to pick Quitty Pay just to make you happy. Um. So that, there's Washington's. The Washington's is even worse than Jacksonville's. And let's take a look at Kansas City. City. All right. So this one's interesting. You get 31 and 60. A lot of capital. A lot of capital, but this is a really far drop. Um, and then 136 and 180. So we'd be making two extra picks tonight. I think for the sake of this exercise i think we need to take it i think we need to drop back kind of see how the board settles we're going to be able to recoup that second round pick they are later but at the same time these mock drafts are one supposed to be fun two they're supposed to give everybody a real sense of kind of what the vikings could be looking at so considering we are team trade back and the vikings are probably going to be looking to trade back i think we should do this yeah i like the idea as well um 
just roughly looking and remembering who was taken here. I think there's only a couple of players that you would maybe consider with Derisaw, Pay. I think Devonta Smith actually uh, lasted out to us. Um, so, you know, there's some talent on the board, but just for the sake of doing the draft here, I think uh, splitting it out and, and or getting a second uh, rounder and another fourth for us to work with tonight, I think that'd be more fun. So, okay. Fantastic. And we get another one. Oh. All right. Well, let's let's take a look at what this is. So we would basically just move back up to 15. We'd give up 31 and 63, which we just acquired. But we would keep the fourth and the fifth. Because of why we took this trade, I think we should reject this offer and we should we should keep 31 and 63. Jerome, Agreed. I'll say this. Quiddy Pay may look a little light, but he's 6'4, 272. And when you're playing the edge, he is going to be a true five technique. Think of the same mold Everson Griffin was. He's He doesn't look the part necessarily, but he has the beef to be able to play consistently. All right. 24 for 31 and 125. So essentially what we would end up getting, we would get a first at 24. We get the second at 63. And we would get in a fifth round pick. To move back. I think we should take this offer and move back up. I'm all for it. I mean, I I, I kind of miss exactly who is still left on the board, but I think there's definitely some talent. And for a fourth rounder, that doesn't seem like it's uh, overly too expensive. Oh, Drew got lucky. Quiddy Pay is off the board. All right. So here's what we got available. Oh, gosh. <laughs> all right. Elijah Vera Tucker who I am very anti-offensive er, guard in round one because guards don't matter. Rashad Bateman, who I just had a podcast drop with the Gophers guru himself, Daniel House, also owner of the Vikings Corner. We talk a lot about Rashad Bateman and how he can translate to the NFL and how he would be a great fit for the Minnesota Vikings. Christian Barmore has been a very popular name among Vikings Twitter, and he's a very flashy player, but at the same time, he's incredibly inconsistent. I we I worry about him as a first round player. He's has all he's kind of like Gregory Rousseau, but a little bit more refined. He's all athleticism and he does not have a ton of technique right now. Terrace Marshall Jr. is a blind spot for me. I have not watched him, but what I do know about uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., he's a deep threat. He's going to have um what whatchamacallit? He's going to have uh Fuck, I can't even remember what I'm saying here. Uh, he has camaraderie. That was the word I'm looking for. Camaraderie with, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yes. My God, I need a beer. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Aziz Ojolari. Now, Ojolari is an interesting case. He's a fantastic, fantastic edge rusher. But... He's only 242 pounds. He's not the most physical player in the world, and I don't think the Vikings will target him at all because he doesn't fit really anything that that we do as far as uh, rush concepts. The Vikings and Mike Zimmer want 4-3 defensive ends. They want five techniques, guys who are going to play incredibly well in the running game and are going to be able to rush the passer, which is one reason why I think they may buck the trend with Quiddy Pay because he's a fantastic run defender and he is a true five technique, offering similar athleticism to what Everson Griffin brought to the table, except Pays is higher. Pays is a 99th percentile athlete, a 6'3", 6'3", cone. 
would be the second best recon ever recorded at the combine if he was able to duplicate what he did in Michigan. And Gregory Rousseau, who's incredibly controversial because he's the same as Barmore, as I alluded to earlier. He is all traits, zero technique. And it, the majority of his wins are on the inside as a defensive end. That's kind of worrisome. Nick Bolton and Zayvon Collins. If you move on from Anthony Barr, Zayvon Collins makes sense. He is basically Anthony Barr 2.0. He's a little bit thicker. They play incredibly similar. Collins is a great blitzer. He's got that length that Zimmer would crave for that off-ball linebacker spot. Nick Bolton would essentially be a Eric Kendricks replacement, and you're really not moving on from Eric Kendricks. Jalen Mayfield is another really intriguing option who we really haven't talked about a lot. Um, I'm getting to offensive tackles this week. I just finished Sewell and Tevin Jenkins, and I loved both of their games. Jalen Mayfield is an incredible athlete, and he is more of a projection uh, of this uh, first-round caliber group than the rest of them because he's a very high upside athlete, and I think he can play left or right tackle, and you could really play him inside a guard if you need to. Uh, Ryan, taking a look at the board, kind of went over a bunch of kind of how these prospects are generally laid out. What's standing out to you right now? You got to give the people what they want, Tyler. We got Rashad Bateman. I know he's your wide receiver too. He's mm-hmm. wide receiver two, three for me. Um, I know we just got done taking a first round receiver in Justin Jefferson. Uh, however, Thielen's not getting any younger. We're not quite sure how Clint Kubiak is going to want to run this offense. I know he's going to keep a lot of the same principles his dad used, but he's going to throw some wrinkles in. I think um, an article came out this week where he uh, explained that he's worked in about four different systems, including his father's um, in the last, in his, in his career, uh, West coast. Um, he had mentioned, I think it was four total. So he's going to take some principles. Hopefully we see a little bit more, um, three receiver sets, um, and, and we don't have a wide receiver three yet. I think Bateman offers the biggest upside, be- best value here in, from the importance of what the position plays, You know how important a receiver is. Um, and then, of course, he's, you got the hometown feel, too, with him going to Minnesota. I think you give the people what they want here, and you draft him, and, um, and you're set at receiver, hopefully, for the next few years uh, as Thielen starts aging himself out. No, I completely agree, and I kind of want to allude to what the uh, Detroit Lions did in the mid-2000s. Three straight drafts, they drafted number one receivers, Charles Rogers, Roy Williams, Calvin Johnson. Obviously, Charles Rogers, he had injuries early on and just never could get off the ground. Really frustrating for Lions fans because Andre Johnson went one pick later, and Andre Johnson's a fringe Hall of Fame talent. Roy Williams... They were able to ship off to Dallas for two first-round picks, which really stinks for the Lions. They couldn't capitalize on that. But then they got Calvin Johnson, who's about to enter the Hall of Fame. That draft strategy would work incredibly well right now because of what you need to succeed in the National Football League. And let me tell you, having three wide receivers is a big deal. I think if the Vikings had great 12 personnel – where you, if Kyle Pitts was available here, he and Irv Smith Jr. could essentially be your wide receiver three. You could run 12 personnel all the time, and you can use them in, in incredibly fun ways. But I think, Ryan, you're right. I think we need to take Rashad Bateman here. Bateman, for me, is wide receiver two because he does everything so, so well. He's a crisp, 
smooth route runner. That he is ex- more explosive that, than people give him credit for. It's just not off the blocks. The second he's in the open field, it's it's done. And there's a false step that he has at the beginning of each one of his releases. If the receivers coach can get him in and they fix that, I think he can be a fantastic player moving forward. Plus, as Tanishka says, Gophers fans finally won't bitch. And <laughs> I like that. All right. Yeah. So totally. this this trade offer is a little oh. unrealistic. Yeah. What? Oh. I'm accepting. We're gonna is there, accept is there another pick below that? Like a future or something? Ah, future fourth. Yeah, that's what I thought. So giving up a future fourth does change this. Uh you're getting you're moving up twelve picks, uh, but you're giving up a future fourth. Um and a, and a seventh, which again, seventh isn't that big of a deal here, but uh future fourth. I mean, what are your thoughts, Tyler? I, I typically um, edge no uh, in this type of scenario. I don't like giving future picks away, um, especially when we have so many picks in this draft to, to work with. Um, however, if, and again, I wasn't super paying a close attention to the, to the draft board to see who was falling. I think there is some good talent here that could be had that might not be available in 12 picks. So what are your thoughts? I think that with the fact that we're going to have projected four fourth-round picks this year, we're going to have two fits as well. I think Rick Spielman could do the same thing he did last year and really try to capitalize on guys, teams wanting to trade up to get a date, somebody on day three that's falling. And I think you can get that fourth-rounder back. I think for the sake of this exercise, considering we got another fourth this year, I think we should take this deal. And let's see what's available at 51 because I think that second pick in the uh, – sorry, the second round pick we get is going to be around the spot. I want to address a couple questions or comments um, in our comments section real quick. Hear you. I hear you, man. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker did play left tackle last year. Here's the thing with him playing left tackle. I don't think he's a phenomenal athlete, and I don't think he moves incredibly well. His vertical sets are a little uh, suspect. He struggles a lot with edge rushers. I think he could be a good tackle, but I think he could be a great guard. And I think because he has that guard experience and we've already seen what he can do, I think you need to play him at guard at the next level. But the fact he can bounce out to tackle is going to be so valuable for when uh, just in case somebody goes down. And then Kadarius Tony, look, if you want to take Tony over Bateman, I get it. Tony is a fantastic player, and Tony can do a lot of different things for you. And he has got that quarterback option. Like he entered Florida as a quarterback and then got transitioned to a gadget type player and then became a wide receiver and then he burst out. So if you want to take him, I get it. But Bateman is a complete wide receiver in this offense. I think it's what the Vikings would prefer. And I think it would be a better option. Now, let's get back to what's on the board in the second round. Trevon Merrick. Nick is already excited about Merrick on the board. Um, Richie Grant is also there. Landon Dickerson, Joseph Osai, Kelvin Joseph, Davion Nixon. There's a lot of good options right here. Uh, Dave, can you scroll down a little bit? I can. Jabril Cox, who we we took a couple weeks ago. I like Jabril Cox. And I think if you want to move on from Anthony Barr next year, Cox is a great guy to take here. Because you can groom him in that role, play him in the Ben Gideon spot, get him some special teams, 
and then slowly ease him in in really fun sub packages where you do maybe like a 3-3-5 gimmick where you have Barr and Kendricks in the A-gaps and just have fun messing with quarterbacks. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr., Dylan Moses, Nico Collins, Javon Holland, Joe Tryon, who I am a big fan. I'm a big fan of Joe Tryon. Dave, the people want to know what you think. What are your thoughts right now, kind of where the Vikings are sitting, how the board lies, that you've been here for every mock draft Monday except last week, and really not, not much changed last week. You've got a really good feel on, on a lot of these guys. Take us through your thought process. What are you thinking? Well, I'm looking at Nixon right there is a three technique. And if we're going to make an impact on the defensive line, we need to do it early. And I think the bigger, because of what my buddy Drew says about Quiddy Pay and some of the other ones, I think the defensive ends are being over, because of the number of them, I think they're being rated higher than they should actually drop in a normal draft. So that defaults me to three tech, and uh, I'd like to see us get a good three tech because I fear they're sitting there going, "Oh, well, we'll wait and take a three tech, and we'll keep Shamar Stefan and move him over, and it'll be miserable." My my opinion is go Nixon, but you guys are the experts. I'm just the fan. Yeah, Nixon has put on. Nixon's put on some good tape here. I think he's got a lot of burst. I think at the three tech, he's a good value here. Um, three tech is pretty rich in this draft. I think, I mean, not in terms of like elite talent, uh, but in terms of over the next, you know, 50 picks or so, there's, you know, a lot of talent out there like Aline McNeil um, and, and uh, Jalen Twyman and Marvin Wilson. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of talent out there. Um, same at safety. I know uh, quite a few people here are saying Morig um, as as the option. He's my safety number one. I think he has a, an incredible amount of talent. I think I've seen him play. You know, every every time he's played Oklahoma, I've watched him because I, I pretty much watch all of those games. And he always flashed. Uh, he, he's a, he's a great talent. However, again, you have Richie Grant. You're you know you have Javon Holland. I think is probably still available. Um, and, and then Ardarius Washington, and there's just a lot of talent still left on the board. Um, Osai is an interesting uh, p- uh, potential player here. He doesn't necessarily fit what we do, but I don't necessarily think that he couldn't fit into it, I guess. So from a traditional standpoint, I think he's probably more of an outside linebacker in a 3-4 from you know what I'm seeing on him. However, you know if he – put on a few more pounds. I don't know if his body can hold that. I don't know if it could be good, healthy weight for him to, to add on some more weight and, and uh, be able to put his hand in the dirt. I know he's done it at some, uh, some of that, but I think he's probably more um, in tune to be a outside linebacker in a three, four type system. So for me, that kind of takes him out. There's again, some good edge talent coming up here. And a guy that intrigues me is, you know, we have Calvin Joseph here, but we also have Asante Samuel jr. Who I have higher than Joseph. In my on my board, I think he's my cornerback five so far. Um, again, going back to what I say every week, uh, you you typically want your corners to have a little edge to them. 
you want them to be able to, you know, kind of get in the face of that receiver and jam him up a little bit. I think Asante Samuel Jr. has that ability. Um, he has the opportunity to play in multiple different systems um, and play inside and out. So he's a pretty versatile defender. Uh, and, and I really like that value here because I have a great, I have a, like an early second round grade on him. So the fact that we'd be picking him at 51 is kind of right on par with what I'm thinking. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Tyler? I'm a little torn on Joseph and Samuel Jr. Samuel Jr. is a little bit of a blind spot for me. I have not fully gotten to his tape and I've heard a lot of mixed reviews uh, just as far as kind of how he translates. I've, I don't want to necessarily speak without having seen the film. And I I do agree 100% with your take on Osai. I I don't know if he's going to be able to bulk up and keep that kind of explosiveness. Plus, when I watched Tevin Jenkins, Jenkins owned him all day. Just shut him down. And that was a little worrisome considering Jenkins isn't the best athlete and he's incredibly powerful. So if you're getting owned by a guy like Jenkins, that kind of scares me too, considering your game is being a speed rusher. Um, Landon Dickerson is an interesting guy, but the man's had multiple major knee injuries. I'm not touching him till round three, but that's just me personally. Um, the injury scared me. Richard Grant, I think, is probably going to end up my safety one or more married. And I don't think it's necessarily a slight on Merrick. I just think Richie Grant, from everything I've seen so far, he is an absolute elite center fielder. And that gives Harrison Smith the ability to really be a riverboat gambler like he likes to be. And with him starting to exit his prime, he's going to be able to use his intelligence and football IQ a lot more in order to be more successful. And that's going to be in the box and not over the top. Over the top was never his strong suit, but he was never bad at it. And I think with a guy like Richie Grant, you're going to be able to see him really thrive. Dave, let's pull up those interior defensive linemen real quick. I want to be able to kind of see who else is on the board over Nixon. I know Nixon's a really good talent, um, but I kind of want to see who else is there. Um, unfortunately, Anwuzurike is gone. I I love Anwuzurike. Um, and as most of you probably have seen my scouting report on climbing the pocket that dropped about a week, week and a half ago. Uh, he's probably going to end up my interior defensive lineman one. I have not graded above Barmore by a point, and Nixon's going to be on on the docket as soon as I get through this offensive tackle class, which, let me tell you, these offensive tackles are really good. So I would highly expect Minnesota Vikings to take one. Um, Tufele is an athletic beast. Um, Tui Pelotu, uh, his teammate at USC is more of a technician, not an incapable athlete, but he's not a great athlete. So I think he's going to be more like a fourth round kind of target because of the lack of athletic upside. Um, Osa owning Zua, uh, my guy, Andrew Harbaugh raved about his tape and everything I saw at the senior bowl. He uses his length incredibly well. He's powerful, got great technique uh, and he's still a little bit raw. So I'm excited to really dive into him as well. And obviously We've talked about Aline McNeil and Jalen Twyman, how much I like both of those guys. Twyman uh, just missed the second-round grade for me, and I think he's he's going to help more where the Vikings really need it, and that's rushing the passer because he's got that quick twitch burst off the line of scrimmage. 
Ryan, we kind of talked about a lot. Where should we go? Dave's kind of thinking at defensive tackle taking Nixon. You're kind of on the board where you like Mary gives her safety one. Talking about Kelvin Joseph a little bit. Personally, I'm Asante, kind of Asante Samuel. I like Asante Samuel. I, Joseph, I, I I like his talent, but I think he's he's more of a schematic. Uh, he he doesn't necessarily meet our scheme. I think he's more of a scheme specific player, um, more so than like some other guys that are being pegged that way, like your boy out of Syracuse. I can never say his last name right. Um, Ifeatu Melifonwu. It's it's Melifonwu. Melifonwu. That's right. Melifonu. Yeah, like where he, I think, has more versatility. I think Kelvin Joseph's a little bit more of a of a cover three kind of guy. I think he fit more perfectly with, um, you know, with, with the likes of like the Seattle uh, defenses or or whatnot. So, but where Asante Samuel, I think he is scheme diverse. But you know, I do like the idea for Dave. I, you know, we need, do need to bulk up these trenches. I think we do need uh, to to invest into that three tech or edge which again, we don't have a standout edge in this spot. If Ronnie Perkins or if, um, yeah, really, I think he's the only one that would really be falling into this range. I think as that I have, of course, um, no one, you know, <laughs> again, we're just talking, we're talking, you know, if, if we're talking second rounders, I, I don't think there's a ton of edge guys that really, um, intrigue me in the second. I think it's more those third, fourth rounders and like Janarius Robinson and that kid out of, um, another hard name to pronounce. I'm not going to even try, but that kid out of Notre Dame that have oh. those, you know, long, lanky, high upside guys. Um, Ade Ogundeji. There you go. Yes. So you know, with, with, with those guys being on the board, there, I, I'm not unless it's like a talent that I, you know, supremely believe in, like a Ronnie Perkins or um, obviously a Quiddy Pay is going to go in the first. Uh, even a Greg Rousseau here, if he fell. Um, into this range, just as a, maybe a spot where you would take that chance. So I like the Nixon. I like Tufele. Um, I, I think I like Tufele's actual upside a little more than Nixon's. So I, that's probably the route I would go just to keep Dave happy. So he's, he keeps clicking these uh, picks for us. Let's get him <laughs> an interior defense alignment. All right. We've already taken Tufele. Let's take Nixon. Oh, Nixon. Yeah. Let's take, let's take Nixon. Um, I, I'm really excited to get to his tape. Um, one of the guys I work with over at Blue Chip Scouting, Dante Colinelli, loves some Davion Nixon. So I'm going to have a conversation with him here later. All right, so 78 and 119 to go up to 58. I don't think that's worth it considering what we've already given up to kind of do those trade-ups. I think we should hold Pat. I agree. I agree. De- decline it, Dave. Okay. <clears throat> declined and i'd say decline that as well let's let's just get to 78 let's kind of see what's going on and let's take a guy i knew that was gonna happen (laughs) no no jeez louise boy they're insistent no, that's not awful, but I mean, I would awful. accept this in like real life, but let's just keep this rolling. No, I would accept it too. Let's accept it. See what happens. Fuck it. Accept it. All right. Let's go back to the, the full board, Dave, and let's kind of see what we're looking at. I highly expect Richard Grant to not be available. Oh, my God, no. he is. 
Richie Grant is available. Listen, I'm going to pound the table here for Richie Grant. I One want that two center I love fielder. Him. I mean, if I have a one A and a if I have um, if I have Morig and how do you say Morig? Merig, Merig, Okay, so if I have Merig at uh, safety one, I mean Richie Richie Grant really is one B for me. I mean, there's not a huge difference between them. I think they both fit the skill set that we need, which is center fielder. I think Richie Grant does have more range. I think he can play that true center fielder a little better. I think um, I think uh, Merrig is actually more of like a Harrison Smith like player, uh, where he he he's going to be versatile. He can do a little bit of everything, but he's not he's not going to be you know overly great at one. I, the one the only reason I would say Merrig over Grant in this scenario is he's likely, and I don't know because we don't have a official date of birth here, a year uh, two years younger because he's a true junior, I believe. Um, and uh, Grant is a redshirt senior, so uh, fifth-year senior. So um, that, that's where, you know, you get a couple more years out of a guy who you probably have rated about the same. Uh, they both provide that talent that we need and, and that skill set. So I'll let you pick here, Tyler. But uh, if, I, if it was me, I'd, I'd be going there in here. I personally could give two shits less if a guy's 23 in the second round. I really don't care. But you're pounding the table for Mary. We got Tanishka, who's going to be mad at me in the chat if we don't take Mary. <laughs> well, let's, let's let's take Mary. Uh, honestly, I I think it's fair. I call him this a toss up. Mary's a really good football player. I think our One Darius A1B. Washington. I think our Darius Washington. Uh, when I'm done with safeties, man, upgrading higher than Mary. And I know there's a lot of love with the people I talk to with our Darius Washington. But he's built like Bob Sanders, and that's going to scare a lot of people. And I think that's probably scaring the Vikings too. But I do, yeah, like and I, I do love Washington. I think Washington flashed more um, in games against the Sooners that I watched than Merrick did. But again, it's just the consistency, right? Um, and, and Washington did bust some coverages, did miss some plays. Oh boy! Oh, there. I don't know if he stayed. Okay, so. We're, we get a fourth-round pick to let the Browns come up one spot. And we um, move back. And then we lose two spots. Eh. What's the other offer, Dave? $100, 126 250 That's the Rick Spielman special. Yeah. Oh, we give up 134 as well. I say we stand pat. Yeah, that's fine with me. The Browns offer is not too bad, but it's yeah, okay. And the reason why I wanted to stand pat here is we did just lose one of our premium, or not premium, but we did just lose one of our tight ends. We have, um, so obviously we we have Irv Smith, and we got Chaboy. At uh, tight end too, so I don't know if it's necessarily a need. Again, I, I dove a little bit, di- little bit deeper than the last time when you and I spoke, Tyler, about Brevin Jordan. Or yeah, Brevin Jordan, and I'm really liking what I see. I know you have some concerns at the catch point. Um, I didn't see those same concerns on a consistent basis. I did see them pop up from time to time. I love the fact that he's he's uh, that prototypical tight end size. He's got speed. He's got separation ability. 
he needs to refine a little bit of his route running to get himself open a little bit more. So those contested uh, situations aren't as often, but he blocks and he puts a lot of effort into blocking. And I think that that is an important piece when it comes to our tight end two, or even, you know, who knows, maybe he even works his way into a tight end one uh, position here. I really like him. I, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think I would take him before this pick. So to your point last time, I think you said if he's sitting there at 90 or even in the fourth, uh, maybe that's something you consider. Um, I'm not seeing him typically fall in the, uh, this far whenever I'm doing my mock drafts uh, that I do on my own. Uh, and so, again, 78, maybe not, but 90, uh, I think that's great value here. You have Peyton Turner who has dealt with some injuries, but he is a, he is a dog. I love him at edge. Um, he's a big boy too. He actually does kind of remind me a bit of that Everson Griffin style of play. Um, maybe not as uh, elusive or quick like the, you know, but again, who knows? He can, he can learn that. Uh, Everson didn't come in with that great spin move, right? He learned that and he developed that and he worked on his technique. Uh, is it Roach or Roche? It's Roche. And here, here's the thing before you start with Roche. He's, he's not going to be somebody the Vikings target because he weighs, I believe he weighs like 238. He is a Dwight Franey-esque kind of edge rusher. Sorry, 243. He gained he's five pounds. Yeah, he's still light. He's, he's a Dwight Franey-type speed rusher, and he's a really good player. I just don't think that there's going to be a spot for him with as a future starter on the Minnesota Vikings which is why I've kind of stayed away from him even talking about him in these mocks. Um, Right. And that's kind of what I was going to say is that I just don't think he really fits what we're looking for in that position. Similar to um, that, that Texas kid um, that we talked about in the second round, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Osai. That's right. Um, Yeah. So here's Spencer Brown uh, again, uh, is a UNI product. Um, I haven't gotten, I haven't really looked too much at his tape. Um, I've just seen some uh, YouTube stuff for him uh, just because I can't get my hands on. I haven't got my hands on you and I's tape or anything. But um, again, from what I can see, he seems like a developmental guy. Um, I think that he has, he's got a lot of length. Um, He's also got a lot of height. And so I think that, you know, that would bode well. I think he's got the athleticism needed to be able to be effective in this offense. Um, Again, he doesn't blow me out of the water. I, I kind of like Deontay Smith a little bit better than him uh, and have him graded higher in my rankings. Um, and, and even Walker Little is kind of right there with Spencer Brown in terms of where, where I'm looking at. Um, again, there's your boy, Ardarius Washington. Cameron McGrone is, a, is an athletic linebacker. If we're looking at a linebacker here, there's Twyman. But again, we took that um, interior lineman or that three-tech earlier with uh, – with Nixon. So, you know, some good talent here. Uh, if you're looking at other tight ends, Hunter Long is, as we've mentioned previously, a Kyle Rudolph clone. Um, just, you know, basically Kyle Rudolph when he was coming out of Notre Dame. Um, I don't necessarily love it. I, I think that, you know, with the higher upside in Brevin Jordan with the athleticism and uh, more willingness to be a solid blocker, um, I, I have him rated higher um, as Jordan's actually my tight end too here. So, and really tight end one, because I don't really count Pitts as a tight end. I know he will be a tight end, but he's basically a, a slot receiver. Um, and he can even go on to the outside, too. So I really have Brevin Jordan as uh, tight end one. And, and Tommy Tremble, again, another great tight end, more of a move tight end. 
um, similar to a Kyle Pitts, not nearly as talented, but just in, in not really going to be that inline blocker. doesn't really uh, show that willingness to do that. I mean, he wasn't really asked to do that a lot at Notre Dame either. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's some analysis here that I have on some of these players. What are your thoughts, Tyler? See, I disagree on the tremble bit because I, th- I thought he was an incredibly willing and physical blocker. And he's, I think he's got nimble feet and from the, the little bit I've been able to kind of watch. I've been kind of focusing a lot on what the Vikings need as far as how I'm prioritizing my watch list. So tight end has been not a priority at this point, but I think it will be a priority moving forward considering Rudolph is officially gone. Uh, I think Tremble uh, could be a really nice compliment to Irv Smith Jr. And I think the Vikings might prioritize that a little bit more. Um, I, I can also just see the Vikings just take a blocking tight end, like a David Morgan type, and just make me real sad. Uh, Brevin Jordan. A guy like Eubanks in the late rounds, a guy like Eubanks, <laughs> someone like that, that's just more of a blocking guy that can split out a little bit or, like, you know, block and mm-hmm. then go off to the side and, and get open as a, as a safety net. Yeah, I, I think Eubanks uh, does offer some pass-catching upside. He just wasn't really asked to do it. And obviously, we know the quarterback uh, situation at Michigan is abysmal. So, Peyton uh, Turner is kind of my guy. Um, he's got inside-outside flexibility at that uh, uh, defensive end position. He did spend a lot of time at three-tech, bulked up to uh, from his freshman weight of 220, 230 to 290. Now he's back down to 270, and he played incredibly well at the Senior Bowl. The tape that I've been able to see – uh, he's like double teamed all the time. He's held a lot and he's still making an impact. I think because of his length and athletic upside, along with the production and versatility, I think he's a fantastic fit in at in the third round range because he's going to give you a lot of things. And we kind of talked about it last week, Ryan, when you're taking like uh, linemen at this point in the draft, they're going to be backups right away. And being that they're backups, you want them to be versatile and be able to fill a lot of different roles so you can uh, maximize your roster. So I am going to bang the, the drum here for Peyton Turner. Uh, we have we have so far, we've got Bateman. We've got Nixon. We've got Merrick. And now we got Peyton Turner. We have finally, finally filled that wide receiver three hole and – We've gotten three more guys. I know Tanishka is asking for minors. I actually think minors is off the board at this point. I'm not 100% sure. I know I am really uh, excited. I don't think he is. I don't even think he's actually in the draft network's uh, database yet. Have they not added him yet? Uh, that, I, that I, I could be wrong, but I, I've done a lot of these mocks because I lead mm-hmm. a very boring life at times and um and i don't think i've seen him uh really listed on here mm-hmm. well nope i stand corrected you might not actually be on there what? so we can pretend that we take him but we'll let's i think we should roll with peyton turner and uh and uh beef up that d-line done boom i, I, know, I know that Dave makes Dave line. happy Dave but you're right, Tanishka. We do need we do need OL, and um, if if you know some talent does fall here to us, uh, that would be great to see. Um, uh, at, at you know with our next pick, hopefully a offensive tackle or interior lineman here um, that that could help beef up that that uh, that position would be great. 
There's a couple of your safeties we've talked about. Oh, oh, oh there there's her boy. Oh, is is that Kylan Hill? Yes. My heart. My I'm heart. Back. All right. So we take a look here. Paris Ford is still available. Safety is really not a need at this point, but at the same time, if you love a player, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Kylan Hill. I could gush about Kylan Hill all day. I've already done that on plenty of these streams. I will <laughs> forego that right now. Trey Sermon is a good football player as well. I think the injuries need to concern you a little bit and the fact that his production is really the last three games of Ohio State season. He didn't really produce a lot. He flashed, but he didn't produce at Oklahoma. Um, his lack of touches could be really enticing for teams because it's a running back position, and he's built to be able to handle punishment, which is always a good thing. Deontay Smith, I don't think I can say enough good words about Deontay Smith. Uh, I love, love, love Deontay Smith. Uh, Tariq Thompson, that's I have not- That's my pick here. If, if, if we're going with it, you know, that's going to be that's going to be who I say. I know we've taken him in multiple drafts. This is, so, this is a uh, brand player. Dave, smash it. Deontay Smith. Got him. We got us a tackle. Now, even yes, up, even up those lines, he can play guard. Yeah, he can slide into guard. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, he's gonna offer a very similar athletic profile to Ezra Cleveland, except I think he's has better technique and is more powerful initially than Ezra Cleveland was coming out last year. And we did see Ezra Cleveland flash uh, positive positivity at the guard position. So I think Deontay Smith can offer some similar things. And that versatility piece, Dave, we talked about it earlier. You're taking guys in round three and four. You need them to be versatile because they're going to play relatively solid roles for you right away. All right. So we're up at pick 134. We also have 136. And I think we might have one more fourth in the back end. I'm not 100% sure. But – Cornerback is a position that we can target right now. And one guy I want to focus on is, well, actually, I'll let Ryan kind of take the floor. This is Trey Brown out of Oklahoma. He really flashed at the senior bowl. <laughs> He's incredibly fast. He's got great make, uh, uh, makeup speed, and, but he's a little smaller. Uh, Ryan, yeah. tell us about Trey Brown. Yeah, uh, so again, going back to what you were just talking about in terms of the versatility that a player can bring and how that is more important at this type of uh, pick, right? So Trey Brown, he typically lined up on the left side uh, of the Oklahoma defense and from time to time would follow their top receivers. So like Tylen Wallace, for example, he, he followed him around quite a bit in college. Uh, but again, he mainly stuck to the left side for the most part. And uh, he did play into some slots. So he's got that versatility. He's also an excellent punt returner. Um, he actually sealed the, uh, the game uh, against Oklahoma state. Um, or was that Texas? I can't, I think it was Texas this year um, by setting the offense up with a huge, huge, huge return. Actually, two of them in that game. Huge returns to set the offense up for the game-winning drive. Uh, So, you know, he's got that punt return ability. The thing with him is he does have some lapses. He does have some technique issues he needs to work on. You're right. Speed is incredible. He's got incredible makeup speed. So if he does get beat, he's usually catching up. So it's not a touchdown. It's usually just a a big play or a um, like a first down, whatever. Uh, But he's got that makeup speed, which is nice. Um, 
but he just seems to make the big play. So sure, he'll let up a play, he'll let up a play, he'll let up a play, but and then he comes up with the game ceiling interception, or he comes up with you know in, in the big big PBU um, in, in a big time moment. So I'm I'm a big Trey Brown fan here, uh, especially with what's left in the on the board here. Um, I'm not a huge Williams guy. Um, I, I've seen a lot of him again over the years. I haven't gotten the Griffin yet, so I, I can't speak on him. I'm not going to even attempt to. Um, and same with Thomas. I haven't gotten through enough tape to really formulate a good opinion. Um, but what I can say is that Brown ha- does give you that punt return ability, kick return ability, uh, that, uh, that, that versatility that you can have, and then probably would make an excellent gunner as well as he serves as our um, our cornerback three or four as he de- as we develop his technique. You sold me. Trey Brown, pick 134 for the Minnesota Vikings. Now we've got pick 136. And a guy I want to talk about here is somebody I wasn't super high on, but considering where we're at in the draft, I want to talk about Rashad Weaver, the edge out of Pittsburgh. He does not offer a ton of upside, but what he does offer – is really solid play with a high football IQ, and but he's not twitchy. And the Vikings do prioritize those high upside athletes, and I think you kind of got one in Peyton Turner. Um, obviously not the kind of uh, twitchy upside that a guy like Quiddy Pay or Gregory Rousseau is going to offer. But Rashad Weaver, really solid player. He's going to be stout in the run game. He's going to—he's that kind of defensive end that's going to get like six sacks a year for a decade. And he's just going to be a good football player. Nothing special, though. And I think he's one of those guys where you can take in round four and you can really feel like, hey, I got a really good depth piece, guy who can be a spot starter. And Rashad Weaver, for me, would be the pick here. I, I just I like his game. And I think with everything around him, I think he can be a successful football player in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't gotten through uh, enough of him either because um, when I was watching Pittsburgh uh, tape, it was mainly uh, focused on Twyman and Paris Ford. So I need to go back through and, and watch Weaver. But, um, yeah, I mean, I everything – I read your piece on him, um, and I thought that it provided some good insights here that I would have no issues with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. hey, uh, Christian Corley uh, did, did mention here uh, to check the quarterbacks. Yeah, Is I was there about to say, we have, we have presently nine edge rushers on the roster. We have selected one already, given us ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the idea here of looking at the quarterbacks. All right. Is there anybody above Brady White at this point? There is. All right. So Davis Mills and Jamie Newman. Now, if you want a guy who's mobile, Davis Mills is not your guy. He is less mobile than Kirk Cousins, but he was the number one pocket passer coming out of high school, according to 24 uh, 7, in the, I can't remember if it was the 2017 or 2018 class. The guy throws a really good football. As far as his mobility is concerned, he's going to give you a lot of Dan Marino vibes. Very relative to a statue in the pocket, but he can climb it and he can. He can maneuver well enough within the pocket to make things happen. He throws with anticipation. He, he's he got a cannon, and he makes these tight window throws that just wow you. And I like Mills as a developmental guy. I don't know. 
if he's going to offer the type of mobility, he, sorry, he doesn't offer the type of mobility that you kind of crave right now. Um, Jamie Newman, I don't like at all. I don't want anything to do with Jamie Newman. Um, Jamie Newman played in a really wonky offense at Wake Forest. He made some wild throws, but he also made a lot of boneheaded decisions. And then he opted out when he didn't win the job at, North, at Georgia. And then at the Senior Bowl, he just kind of showed what he did on tape. And I, I think he's just incredibly inconsistent. And I don't think with where the Vikings are at and with David Smills still on the board, I don't think Jamie Newman is worth betting on here. I would much rather take Davis Mills if we're going to take a quarterback than Jamie Newman. Ryan, what do you see? Yeah, I was hoping Kellen, Kellen Mond would be uh, available still. Uh, probably not realistic that he will be. I think he's probably going to end up being a third-round guy, maybe even creep into the second round by when it's all said and done. Um, yeah, Davis Mills, uh, I agree. I, I think that he probably would be the pick here. I don't know if it'd be the pick that I'd be super excited about in terms of a quarterback pick because of the lack of mobility. Um, I think he... Um, you know, I, they, they even tried to run some RPO stuff with him and it just didn't work at Stanford. Um, and, but, you know, again, like you said, he, he's in a, got incredible arm talent, um, very accurate, uh, when, when he's in the pocket, uh, again, I wouldn't be mad if that was the pick here because of the fact that I think it's important to invest in a quarterback in the mid rounds every year. And the, this quarterback class outside of the top six guys is, is pretty poor. Um, it's pretty poor in my opinion. So, um, after, and, and Mills kind of, you know, he, he makes that like seventh, you know, cause I think he'd be QB seven. Um, he, he's not sexy. He's not, um, he's not going to be the guy that I'm clamoring for, but I think in this spot, it wouldn't be a bad pick. And to be yeah. different, because I think, I think most of us guys that climb in the pocket believe that we should be taking mid round, uh, quarterbacks when even if we do have a uh, Kirk Cousins every year or every other year just for the sake of doing it and hoping you hit on a Dak Prescott on a Russell Wilson on a Tom Brady uh, obviously I don't think anyone will ever be that good again or at least not for a while but you know um, so I, I wouldn't be mad with the Mills pick here yeah I think we can probably wait on Mills to 143 so I think we should we should try and do that and I think we should go with Rashad Weaver. Give us another interior player. We need probably need to come out of here with four interior and exterior defensive linemen. We need depth. We need talent. And I still don't know if Wanham's going to be any good. Yeah. He the, And I think that's tough because he flashed and he did look good at times, but I suspect I we're going to see more rotation, um, not only amongst the defensive linemen, but also with the edges moving in on certain mm-hmm. plays uh, to get more pressure up the middle, depending. I expect to see that from Andre Patterson to make up for deficiencies and to keep these guys fresh. So I could, I like I could deal with another edge. Rashad Weaver, book it. Boom. Let's let's wait till 143. I think we'll be able to get Davis Mills here. Let's take a look at those QBs. There he is. Davis Mills, book it. Let's take him. 
One guy who we should also be looking at in, a, in the late round quarterback discussion, Shane Bouchelle. He's not really getting talked about at all. And he's got a really good arm. His decision-making could use some improvement. But he can make those wow-type throws, and he's got a gunslinger mentality. And he, there is not a throw he doesn't think he can make. And I think you can refine that a little bit, and I think he can be a successful quarterback in the NFL. And I think if they would have picked him over Ellinger, Texas would already be back. That's that's how highly I think it shamed you, show. So, Vikings there you go. got their receiver three, Rashad Bateman. Three technique, Davion Nixon, safety, Trevon Merrig, edge, Peyton Turner, offensive lineman, Deontay Smith, cornerback, Trey Brown, edge, Rashad Weaver, quarterback, Davis Mills. We did a lot of good here. We got players that need and also at value. We did give up a fourth next year, but considering how we maneuvered throughout the board, I think we did a really good job of getting talent and maximizing the impact for the Minnesota Vikings in 2021 and moving forward. Absolutely. I love this draft. I mean, uh, I think there's a lot of talent in, in a lot of positions we need help in. And um, like I said, getting your wide receiver to your safety to um, one of your draft crushes and Deontay Smith, one of my draft crushes and Trey Brown, Again, bias, very biased. But you know, there there's a lot of there's a lot of talent here to be excited about. And um and, and again, and Nixon, great talent, Turner, good talent, uh, Weaver, again, solid. Not not gonna be spectacular, not gonna be a he's not gonna turn into um a Daniel Hunter, but he's gonna be a solid player that can provide that uh that good value for you at that position. So uh, and then again, we got that uh, that mid round quarterback that who knows what he'll end up turning into. He could be the next good uh, next thing here in the NFL, or he could be a backup for the rest of the, his career. But hey, you still need a backup quarterback, and he's an affordable fourth round backup quarterback, so that you're not paying multi million dollars to. So, mm-hmm. Dave, how you feeling? A chance to win. I like this draft. This is a good, solid draft. People of Minnesota will be happy because of Bateman pick. I'm happy with some of the big round bellies. I think it's good. Nicely spread out. And we've we've got talent at key positions that we need, and we got them in good spots, so I'm happy. I think one of the things that Vikings fans need to do to temper their expectations is that the draft is likely to not look sexy. It's probably going to be a boring-esque draft with a lot of work in the trenches, and that's okay. Sometimes you need a draft that's not the sexiest, but if it's effective, that's really all that matters. Get players who are good, will do a great job, and get them for value. And I think we did a great job doing those things today. We've got eight really good players that we would be bringing into the Minnesota Vikings in the first four rounds. And I think you could expect all of them, except Davis Mills, to make a relatively solid impact year one. Which, considering where Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer are, you're you're drafting a li- maybe a little bit more for this year than you are moving forward. But I think we got a good blend of all of that. I like the word blend. Yes. Fantastic. Well, guys, 
I appreciate you waiting around for me. Everybody, I appreciate you tuning in to this week's Mock Draft Monday. And we are going to continue to have more leading up to the draft where we have some plans laid out to do something for the draft, which those will be coming out shortly. And I, for one, am really excited to start talking about that. Uh Uh-huh. Well, guarantee for one, just like the previous two years, we will be live on day one and hope to be, like last year, wall-to-wall all three days. Should be fun. And it's a lot better than listening to ESPN or NFL Network. So, we won't have those silly commercials. Absolutely. Dave, take us home. Well, that's it for everybody. Thanks for joining us. Come tomorrow night at our normal time with our next Climb the Pocket Network show. And until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.